Alrighty, this is episode 5. There's really a ton to cover today, so I think I, I should just really not waste any time and just get straight into it. Starting off, we have some huge news breaking from Los Angeles. The LA Rams have just agreed to a five-year contract extension uh, with wide receiver Brandon Cooks, and that's a big deal. You know, he was set to become a free agent at the end of the season, and this probably sets them back even further in cap space come the 2019 season, but it is a move that needed to be done for them. I mean, it's a big deal. It is a big, big deal for the uh, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Sean McVay gets to keep a weapon for the next five seasons. All things considered, this is a really, really gutsy move for the Rams signing him this early on. And we know what Cooks is capable of doing, but we don't know what he's capable of doing in L.A., I just don't know if this was the smartest thing to do. Um, It's interesting, but we're going to have to see how it plays out. So on to one contract to another. Le'Veon Bell will play all of next season under yet again another franchise tag. And this Le'Veon Bell drama to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Le'Veon Bell is already being paid pretty much double what the second highest running back is being paid. And he still thinks it's not enough. And yes, Le'Veon Bell is an offensive weapon and he's an elite one at that. But at the same time, you're still classified as a running back. If you want elite offensive numbers, you should learn how to play quarterback. Or learn how to play wide receiver. Because you're not going to get that much money I mean you're just not what are you expecting Le'Veon you know you're getting paid just based off of the franchise tag this year 15 million dollars by the way second place is Atlanta with 9 million dollars going to Devonta Freeman so I'm not sure what more you want I get it it's not a lot of money compared to other sports, compared to soccer, compared to baseball, compared to even some basketball stars. But you picked football for a reason, and admittedly, you have to reap the consequences now. This is a consequence of choosing football. You get paid less money. Less of it is guaranteed. And, I mean, how much money do you really need? You already have endorsements. If I'm Le'Veon Bell... If you really wanted to retire a Steeler, you would do it. I mean, it's not that hard to like the situation that you're in if you're Le'Veon Bell. You know, you have a pretty good quarterback, probably top 10. You have the best wide receiver in the NFL on your team. You're playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have a winning track record and the most Super Bowl titles in the NFL. I mean... It's not that hard to want to retire a Steeler. You clearly do not want to retire a Steeler. Your big goal is, hey, I want to be the highest paid running back ever. You know, that's his goal. It's not, hey, I want to retire a Steeler and win a Super Bowl with the Steelers. Because if that was his goal, 
he would take a pay cut. Bottom line, you know, there's so many guys right now playing under a pay cut because they want to win with their current team. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of guys that leave their team to go get paid, right? Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Jarek McKinnon. He was a decent running back in Minnesota, but he got paid in San Francisco. They made him the fourth highest running back in the NFL right now. And, you know, if he really wanted to win in Minnesota, yeah, he could have done it. You know, he could have taken less money. He could have taken a lesser role. But no, his big goal was, hey, I want to get paid. I want to go maybe get into a bigger role. And so for Le'Veon Bell, to me, it is about money. It is a huge, huge money play. He does not care about rings on his fingers. He only cares about money in his safe at his house. I don't even think Le'Veon Bell is worth $15 million. He's the best running back in the NFL, but running back is not a hard position to find a good running back at, right? It's not hard to find a good player at that position. Thus, why people don't pay that position a whole lot of money. I'll give you an example. Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, probably Saquon Barkley. Mark Ingram had a good year last year. Melvin Gordon is pretty good. There are a lot of good running backs. You know why you pay up for a quarterback? Because they're hard to find. The 49ers and the Vikings just paid big money for their two quarterbacks. It was well-deserved. Both of them, great players. It's hard to find players like them. Wide receiver. You don't find too many good wide receivers, right? Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. Hard to find. You lock those guys up while you can. Offensive linemen, especially tackles. Really hard to find some good tackles. So when you get one, you sign them. Running back, it's the only spot on the on the offense that it's easy to find. I mean, you can find those guys without trouble. You can draft a guy in the fourth round and it's like, oh yeah, you know, he's he's got a shot to be real good this year. That's the running back position in a nutshell. And that's why Le'Veon Bell will probably not get above what he's asking for. And while we're on the subject of talking about guys getting paid, Jimmy Garoppolo got a crap load of money this offseason. I mean, I believe it was $125 million. I don't know how much of that is guaranteed. I forget. It was a lot of money, though. And I just want to say this. Peter King, uh, earlier this week on Good Morning Football, said that at the end of the season, we'll be looking at Jimmy Garoppolo as a top five quarterback. And I want to talk about if I agree with this or not. My personal opinion on this, being a 49ers homer, is I don't even know if we'll consider him top five. It's tough to say he's top five. You know, he's a good quarterback. Top five is a stretch. I think he can be top 10 still. I think he can still fit somewhere in there. Um, Do I think it's entirely possible that he hits top five? Yes. 
But to say that with the experience right now is a little bit difficult just because we've seen him play five games in San Francisco. He started, I believe, like six and a half, really, if you want to count the game he got hurt when he was a New England Patriot. So it's really, really hard to predict what's going to happen there in San Francisco. Would I think he has a shot at being a top five quarterback? Absolutely. But when we think top five, you're thinking Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and then, you know, luck when he's healthy. If not luck, you know, who else is in there? I don't know. Matt Ryan, maybe. You know, I'm missing somebody. Carson Wentz, probably. But either way, if Jimmy Garoppolo sneaks into there somehow, you're golden. If you're the San Francisco 49ers, that is what you paid Jimmy G the money for. I think it's totally possible that it happens. It's just, it's a stretch right now at this gesture in the season to call him top five. Alright, enough about football. It's Tuesday, MLB All-Star Game Day. Before I get into that, I want to say congrats to Bryce Harper on an epic home run derby win. His dad pitching to him in Washington, D.C. It was well-deserved. It's just incredible to watch. Really, really fun home run derby to watch this year. I thought it was going to suck. There wasn't that many stars this year in the home run derby. Hoskins put up a show. Bregman and Schwarber was probably the best round of the home run derby. Bregman comes up literally like a hair short of sending the game into a what would have been like a shootout, basically. It was insane. Um, Props to Bregman as well. I know that's totally random, but I'm a huge fan of his. And then just watching Harper do it in front of the home crowd, which might be the last time, you know, this season he suits up and wins anything in a Washington Nationals uniform. But if it is, remarkable win by Bryce Harper. Well-deserved, buddy. Congrats. Keep raking. Anyways, on to the big topic of today. That is the All-Star Game. Uh, The All-Star Game red carpet just finished. I'm going to get to the Manny Machado rumors later. Huge, huge rumors coming out of that. But... The American League, this might be the greatest lineup I have ever seen. Like, I think one through nine, these guys could be Hall of Famers all one day. So here is the lineup. Mookie Betts, I think he's surefire Hall of Famer. Jose Altuve, Hall of Famer. Mike Trout, maybe the greatest of all time. J.D. Martinez, probably a Hall of Famer. Jose Ramirez, hard to say if he'll be a Hall of Famer. He might be... A really, really solid player, though. Aaron Judge, probably Hall of Famer. Machado, probably Hall of Fame. Abreu, probably one of those guys who is a really, really solid player. Salvador Perez, probably a really, really solid player. So, you know, maybe this is the year that it's all nine guys uh, are Hall of Famers. It's never happened where all nine guys have been Hall of Famers. I think that the the closest it's been was... The American League years ago, I think it was like 98 or something. No, National League, sorry, 98. They had eight Hall of Famers in the starting lineup. And one of them, I believe, uh, was very, very close. The one that was not the Hall of Famer was really, really close uh, to getting into the Hall of Fame every year. So we'll see where this one ranks among the all-time 
leaderboard later on, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, but I have a really good feeling about this lineup. Let's put it that way. Now I'll talk about the National League starting lineup. Javier Baez leading off. Love it. I love the energetic move to put him in the leadoff spot. You know, he's going to bring a lot of energy to that National League lineup. I think leadoff is a great spot for him. He's batting second, Nolan Arenado. I'd like him better out of three or four hole. You know, he's a power guy. I like Arenado better out of the three or four hole, but two is suits him well as well. Out of the three hole, I'm a little bit shocked here. Paul Goldschmidt, you'd think that Dave Roberts would do Bryce Harper a solid. It's in his hometown ballpark. I mean, put Harper in third. Seriously, put Bryce Harper as the uh, third hitter in the lineup. Get him a chance to score some runs in. He'll do it. I promise you that. Four, five, and six is Freeman, Kemp, Harper, Again, just don't like Harper hitting so low. I would rather see him hitting four or five. It's okay, though. I think Freeman could have worked uh, at five hole if you wanted to put Harper four. Just, again, an interesting combination from Dave Roberts. Really not winning over Harper's heart. And then uh, seven, eight, nine, Marquecas, Crawford, Contreras. Probably could have flopped Contreras and Crawford, but Crawford's having a great year. I mean, this batting average wise is probably one of the better lineups I've seen but I just think American League crushes the National League I don't think that it's even really close the American League has so much of a better lineup it's not even funny and and I'll break this down for you Mookie Betts power hitter but he can hit for average so I I like that placement as the leadoff hitter then at two Jose Altuve another guy who could hit leadoff so I like him there at the two-hole. Mike Trout, he's the greatest of all time. You could put this guy first. You could put him ninth. He'll hit for you. So I think three-hole is is fitting for him. Puts him in a position to potentially win another All-Star Game MVP. Then at uh, the four-hole, we have J.D. Martinez. This is actually my pick for All-Star Game MVP. I think this guy's going to go yard this year at the game. Uh, I just... I really like this guy. He's a great hitter. He's on a great team. I like J.D. Martinez to be the All-Star Game MVP tonight. Then five hole, we have Jose Ramirez. Guy hits power, guy hits contact. He'll do anything. Aaron Judge out and left. Power hitter. This is, I mean, arguably the best power hitter on the team, and he's hitting sixth. So, absolutely insane. Machado, who will be in the National League by tomorrow, he's hitting 7th for the American League All-Stars. Abreu hitting 8th and Salvador Perez hitting ninth. Both guys who are going to have long, solid MLB careers. I like both of them. I'm a big fan of this MLB, or excuse me, this um, American League starting lineup. And I think that they just absolutely obliterate the National League squad. Your All-Star Game uh, starters, Chris Sale and Max Scherzer, which, by the way, Jacob deGrom got absolutely robbed of the starting role for the National League. But we'll leave that aside. Here are my predictions. I think that Sale and Scherzer both have great first innings. I think... I mean, Sale's just so dominant, it's hard to hit the guy. So that's my reasoning. 
I think that the American League can get a couple guys on against Scherzer, you know, maybe a, a base hit or two. But again, much like Sale, this is going to be a pitcher to duel in the first inning. I think Betts is probably good enough to get a hit. Altuve will probably strike out. Trout's always said he's had trouble. Martin, this is where I think my all-star game prediction for Martinez comes into play. I think Martinez has a real shot at maybe homering off this guy. I just think he's too good a hitter for for Scherzer to phase him. I've just watched too much too much of JD Martinez this year to not believe that he has the abilities to go yard. So that's kind of my first inning predictions. Um, and I also just really believe that uh, later on in this game, as we get closer and closer um, to relievers coming in and, you know, some other starters, whatever, I think that the American League bench is way deeper than the National League bench. I think that the American League starters and the American League bench outscore the National League entirely. I wouldn't even be surprised if the National League only scores a run or two max, maybe even gets shut out. I mean, that's how good I'm looking at this American League squad. So that's kind of my predictions for for this uh, this year's All-Star game. All right, those are my predictions. I want to move on now to Manny Machado sweepstakes. It's pretty much set in stone. However, I want to talk about this a little bit before I move on because I'm, I'm going to do some mid-season award predictions if the season ended today who would be my award winners um, kind of going against Bleacher Report's picks rivaling them a little bit seeing what they have to say but before we get into any of that I want to talk Manny Machado because this uh, this is insane it's it's absolutely wild what's going on in Baltimore or Los Angeles or Philadelphia it's insane. So a little over 48 hours ago, it seemed like the Philadelphia Phillies had Manny Machado in their back pocket. They had him landed. They had him locked. And it just simply does not seem that way any longer as reports from Bob Nightingale and others say that there is a deal in place for Manny Machado and that deal is likely the Dodgers deal, not the Philadelphia Phillies. And this comes from a Dodgers source who I'm not entirely sure if I trust or not, but apparently they have some sourcing. Um, They're saying that in the deal, the Dodgers would get Manny Machado and the Orioles get Gavin Lux, a veteran to keep the Dodgers under the luxury tax and a player to be named later. So I don't think it's the most outlandish trade by any stretch of the imagination if the Dodgers did in fact do this. And the reason why is because it makes sense. If they can get an impactful veteran, it makes a lot of sense. And they need an arm. They just need whatever they can get back in return for Manny. And I think that they would be more than satisfied with a top-level prospect arm like Gavin Lux. So if this comes true then I know that this sourcing is legit. Bob Nightingale said that the Dodgers pretty much have this thing wrapped up. He said that was via USA Today, but Nightingale is not always a trustworthy guy to listen to, but 
if I just think that this sourcing is correct, and like I said in my interview with um, Audie a couple weeks or last week, I just thought the Dodgers would push way too hard. I didn't think the Brewers had enough to get him, and I didn't think the Phillies had enough to get him. And like I said, I think Phillies will probably end up settling for a guy like Mike Moustakis. Where Machado fits into this whole L.A. Dodgers scheme, I have no idea. Because I don't know if Machado will still be there next year, if they'll push to re-sign him. I really don't know if we will see Corey Seager in a Dodgers uniform again or Justin Turner next season. Either way, though, Manny Machado is going to become a Dodger. There's no question in it. It's 100 million percent going to happen. And it's shocking. It shocked the world because as much as even though I predicted the Dodgers to go out and get Machado, I didn't think that was going to happen. I really didn't. You looked at the situation that they had. Why would they go get Machado? I don't know. Apparently Dave Roberts and crew want to go all in. They want another shot at, at redemption. They want another title. And they might might do it in what's a particularly weak National League this season. All in all, though, I'm getting really sick of talking about Manny Machado. I know he's, I mean, he's a top 10 player in the MLB. And we've just been talking about him. And it is a big deal that he's getting traded, but it's probably not permanent no matter where he goes. And if it is permanent, it means way more drama coming this uh, this hot stove offseason for the MLB. It means Turner's probably on the move or Seager or Machado's on the move again. I don't know. I don't know what it means right now, but it almost certainly is is pushing a little drama on the West Coast this season. So Dodgers, well played. You're always the center of attention, it seems, nowadays for these types of moves. You just you push and you just get big players. But enough about that. I want to get into award predictions. So I'm going to kind of rival Bleacher Report's uh, predictions and then hop into mine. So I'll basically read Bleacher Report's prediction, um, say if I agree or disagree and then why, and then if I do disagree, who's my pick and why and whatever. So I'm not, I'm not even going to waste any time. I'm just going to get straight on in to the prediction. So first off is Rookie of the Year. American League Rookie of the Year, they have Glaber Torres, and this is a surefire pick. It's it's undoubted, unless Shohei Otani comes back and starts hitting again and somehow gets 40 home runs in the second half of the season. It's Glaber Torres is to lose. There's just there's not been a lot of exciting rookies this season from uh, the American League, really either league. Um, and so I think Torres, being that he's a Yankee, being that he had the start that he did, being that he's an all-star and Otani is not, I think it says a lot. And I believe personally that we will um, see Glaber Torres be the American League Rookie of the Year this season, probably the best Rookie of the Year we're going to have this season because the National League is such a weak class. And for the National League Rookie of the Year, the 
uh, Bleacher Report has predicted that it will be Brian Anderson of the Miami Marlins. It's hard to argue. I wanted to say Austin Meadows. I looked at his numbers. They're not very good. I wanted to say Ozzy Albies. He doesn't have rookie eligibility. I wanted to say uh, Ronald Acuna. He really just hasn't played enough. I think it would have been Acuna had he not gotten hurt. And it still can be Acuna if he just absolutely turns it on. But for me personally, watching this, uh, I don't watch a lot of National League Baseball. And I've looked at Brian Anderson's stats. If he holds up, he's a good player. I don't see why he couldn't win it. Just personally to me, I, I just I don't know a lot about the cat. But his stats are good. So... I agree. So far, two for two with Bleacher Report's picks. Now, at Cy Young, Bleacher Report has Chris Sale as their pick for the American League. I totally agree. I just don't think there's another pitcher that rivals him. He's just got the nastiest arm slot, and he's doing it for an elite-level team. You could say Severino. You could say Kluber. You could say a plethora of other guys, because the American League does have a lot of good pitchers, but I think that Sale is probably one of the only elite pitchers in the American League right now, and he is just filthy. He is so damn good, and it's not even a surprise why he's starting the All-Star game, because he's the best pitcher, and I would honestly argue he's the best pitcher in Major League Baseball right now, so I totally agree with the Chris Sale Cy Young Award prediction. It's, it's hard to disagree with that. Then, in the National League for Cy Young, Bleacher Report has Jacob deGrom as the Cy Young Award winner. And I disagree with that pick, and here's why. Jacob deGrom having a great, great season. It's not going to work out for him. Trust me. I think a lot of voters look at good pitchers, and I think DeGrom will eventually level out. I don't think he'll stay at a 1.89 ERA for the remainder of the season. I believe he'll probably eclipse two at some point. He's not going to have a lot of run support from his horrible offensive New York Mets. They are terrible at hitting the baseball. So I think that will cost him a little bit, and obviously they're not going to be a playoff team. I think along with Max Scherzer, and this is really a dark horse pick, but I'm going to say Aaron Nola. I think Nola's on a playoff team. He gets run support. He's having a hell of a year. I really like Aaron Nola. I think he's a dog. I think he will win Cy Young this year because voters value, oh, is he a playoff team? Is he this? Is he that? To me, Aaron Nola, he's the best National League pitcher this year, and he deserves that award. And finally, to wrap up the show, we're going to talk about most valuable player. And these are two hard ones because these are my two favorite players in the game right now. We're going to be talking about Mike Trout and Nolan Arenado. These are tough to go against, but I disagree with both. I do. I just disagree with both. And that's so hard for me to say because those are my two favorite players in the game. But I absolutely 100 million percent disagree with both. And you might be a little surprised 
on the Trout one because Trout, you know, he's on pace for the best war, whatever, whatever. We hear it all the time. I think we've gotten used to how good Mike Trout is. I think that's that's the bottom line. We don't really care about Mike Trout's greatness anymore, truthfully. And I think that Mike Trout oftentimes gets sold short because of the horrible team that he's on. So I really believe, in my opinion, J.D. Martinez wins because we like to see change in the MLB. Like, when we can get change, we get it, right? They snubbed Trout a couple times. I believe Altuve was the winner last year. Trout wasn't snubbed. He was hurt. Donaldson won it a couple years back. Trout lost. Cabrera's won it uh, a couple years back. Trout lost that one. I think that for MVP, you can make a case for a ton of Red Sox, including Mookie or J.D. Martinez. You can make a case for Jose Ramirez. There's just too many great players in the American League, and with Trout's team not making the playoffs, it would be hard for Trout to win this thing. I think he's going to have to get back uh, and, and close in on the home run lead again, and he's also going to have to get real close to that Babe Ruth uh, war mark if he's going to want to win this MVP because I just think that it is far too hard for him to uh, catch up to guys like J.D. Martinez, Jose Ramirez, if he's if his team isn't winning and he's not hitting home runs, which, by the way, June is not treating him well, folks. He has not hit that many home runs in his last 20 or so games. I like Literally, I think he's hit two or three. So he needs to start getting back hot again. It seemed like he was back in April, May. He was hitting almost a home run every two to three nights. Now it's like, you're lucky if you you see Trout hit a home run every five or six. His power has gone down significantly over the last month. But it's Mike Trout. You're pretty much reassured that he'll bounce back. I think he eventually probably hits 38 to 44 home runs this year. And I could definitely see him winning MVP. But I think this year, it's going to be J.D. Martinez. And lastly... Bleacher Report ranks the National League MVP as Nolan Arenado, my second favorite player in all of baseball. I love Arenado, but if the Rockies can't get to the playoffs, a lot of Arenado's success is going to be blamed on, oh, it's Coors Field, he plays at Coors. And I think easily Freddie Freeman wins it. Freddie Freeman's kind of been the sweetheart of the MLB this season. Everyone applauds his loyalty and nobility to what was a crappy organization for so many years. And then now they're finally winning and his team will probably make the playoffs at least as a wild card. So I think Freddie Freeman probably wins it. It's so hard for me to say that because I love Arenado. I love his defense. I love the way he plays the game. But I think that Looking at it, he will probably have his success blamed towards Coors Field. And I think that Freddie Freeman is just too good a story right now 
for anybody to kind of vote elsewhere. But that's pretty much it. I'll go over the playoff bracket if things were to end today. So if the season closed today in the American League, it would be Houston facing off versus Cleveland and Boston facing off versus the winner of New York and Seattle. And then in the National League, it would be the Phillies facing off against the Dodgers and the Cubs facing off between the winner of the the uh, Braves and the Brewers. Under those circumstances, moving forward, my predictions are going to be as such. I think the Yankees or the Red Sox will go to the World Series. I actually think... Personally, I think the Red Sox are better than the Yankees, but the Yankees just are gritty. They, they find ways to win. So I like the Yankees, but I'll take the Red Sox to go to the World Series in the American League this year and in the National League. How can you bet against the Dodgers? It's just such a weak National League class that if this Machado stuff works out in their favor, it's hard to bet against them. So that's it for episode five. You made it. Uh, again, if you made it this far, please rate and review the show. It's free. I appreciate it so much. Please share the podcast with your friends, spread it around, and that's it. See you guys in the next one. Later.